Hey everyone, what's up? Welcome in to another episode of Real Sports Talk by Naraj. Hope you're all doing well. Oh goodness, rain can always make things difficult sometimes. So, if you're all wondering why is that noise behind me? That is the darn rain. But not to worry, it will not distract me as I uh, get into a couple of things today that I want to talk about. Obviously, Game 2 is taking place tonight of the NBA Finals. The Milwaukee Bucks are looking to make it even. And this might be their best shot to do so. Um, because if they do win this Game 2, who knows what could happen in their favor going forward in this series. So, that's something to watch out for. But what I, what I will start with today's episode is, is continuing with the NFC South preview. Um, for the 2021 NFL season and I'm going to talk about the New Orleans Saints and talk about the defending Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers so look at the New Orleans Saints for the first time in almost a decade um, you know they will not have Drew Brees under center uh, you know every time you see the Saints you will see Drew Brees Every time on Sunday afternoon in those big time prime time games, for the first for the first time in a long long time, you know you will not see uh, Drew Brees um, on the field there. So the Saints, who were coming off a 12 and 4 record last year, you know they are now in a position where they're no longer a lock to make the postseason as we would think they were, you know. Obviously, last year, they played so well. Um, and once again, they came up short in the postseason. And they've had their fair share of heartbreaking playoff losses in the last two to three years. And a lot of people are wondering now whether the Saints' window for a title has closed. You know, that is a question that really, um, to this season, is going to be put to test because... You know, the Saints, when Drew Brees was out, uh, you know, they were able to win some games, but that was early in the season. But now, when you, when you have, when you now have two new quarterbacks, uh, well, not two new quarterbacks, but you have two guys who are looking to prove themselves uh, ahead of training camp uh, to win the quarterback one spot, uh, Taysom Hill and James Winston. You know, it's just hard to say the Saints will have the same success in the postseason this year, or can they actually even make it to the postseason is entirely up for debate now. So, you know, they have to really find a way to remain competitive and, and remain, uh, you know, prepared enough to win when they have to win. So, they've had those playoff losses, they've had plenty of opportunities to make it to the postseason. Obviously, they were robbed one year, no doubt. Um, because of that call in the NFC Championship game. But other than that, you know, the Saints have had a tough time winning when it matters the most. And so this season will be unlike anything that Sean Payton has faced in a while. You know, he's going to really have to bring out the best of his coaching abilities and his leadership abilities to help the Saints have a respectable record this year. Alvin Kamara is still there, and he is obviously a beast in terms of the way he's able to uh, you know, really carry this offense, and he's gonna be even given more touches this year, even more 
uh, of an ability to like get open and catch passes. He is going to be uh, really a focal point of this offense. Michael Thomas, who has been really on and off the last couple of years with injuries and just not being able to stay on the field as long, you know, he's got a lot to prove as well because he has to get back to that that type of receiver he was where he was really producing at a high level. And his chemistry with either Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill will be really, really crucial for the Saints offense to not miss a beat. Although they will be much different, you know, they will be much different because you have, you know, Jameis Winston who obviously can fling that football more so than Drew Brees was able to do so towards the end of his career. You got Taysom Hill who can really do it all. He can run the football. He can make it happen with his arm. Uh, but the real question is, can they win games? Can they win the games that they have to win uh, to make a playoff spot this year? They could. They very, very well could. But, you know, there's no, like, you know, fear factor at quarterback right now for the Saints. It's just more like they have a quarterback in James Winston. They have a quarterback in, um, you know, Taysom Hill. And those two guys can probably interchange and play well with each other. But who knows if they're going to be able to have the same kind of production or be able to carry this offense when they need a third down in conversion. Can they make those plays happen? You know, that's entirely up up in the air. But they do have a good amount of talent. You know, they have some good wide receivers in Traquan Smith, or Traquan Smith and Dimitri Harris, Alvin Kamara. They shored up their offensive line by re-signing uh, their right tackle to a long-term deal. So they may have a, still a solid group that can run the football. And that's what they have, they'll have to do. The Saints will have to really rely on running the football first, play action off that. And Sean Payton will really have to find a way to get these guys to play at a high level. And that will be a big test for him for sure. As for the Saints' defense, they're still a really talented defense that can compete. They can make it tough for opposing offenses this year. You know, with Cameron Jordan and his play, you know, Davenport, you know, Turner. They still have Marcus Williams back there, you know, Lattimore and all those guys. They they still have a pretty good uh, defense that can... Make it tough for their opponents. And maybe their defense will be a big reason why they could win games this year. Because they have the experience. They have that ability to get it done. Against the run, they were pretty good last year. For the, for the most part, they were good against the run. So, the Saints very well could still be a good offense and good defense. Question all those that, you know, you had, obviously with Drew Brees, you didn't have to worry so much about the offense. You know, there were a lot of things that he could do pre-snap, pre-that. Um, you just wonder if James Winston is ready to make those all those throws. Can he do it consistently enough? Can he avoid turnovers? And, and even if it's not James Winston, Taysom Hill, you know, he did have his moments last year where he looked pretty good. Um, but can he do it on a reliable basis? Can he avoid those hits? Can he be healthy enough all season long? Um, because they're going to need their wide receiving game to be on top. And it wasn't that way last year as much, you know. So it starts with Michael Thomas being better and being able to, you know, make, make some plays, you know, help his quarterback out. Chemistry, the, the, uh, 
the the very tight game situations is what I'm looking at the Saints really this year. Is that you know that Sean Payton has the most experience, very brilliant the way that he can obviously scheme certain things. He did it with Bridgewater, um, so he could possibly do it with Winston for a full season and with possibly Taysom Hill. But you just want to see how these tight game situations are handled. You know, is James Winston, is Taysom Hill going to be able to get it done under, under those circumstances? And then, you know, you look at, they have Ian Book, who they drafted out of Notre Dame. You know, he's a very talented player as well. So, the Saints' whole thing is, this year, is who will be their, who will be their main quarterback? And, you know, will James Winston be able to kind of find his coming here in, in New Orleans? This might be the perfect spot for James Winston to succeed and re- you know, energize his career and possibly win something, but that's only going to happen if he can find a way to win over Sean Payton, win over that offense. Um, but even then, he has to be able to play big time and and, and kind of shake those performances that he's had. He's had, um, th- you know, th- throughout his past, you know, games with Tampa Bay years ago. He's got to be able to find a way to b- win those big time games and be be efficient at it. Um, and that will be key for him. Um, but, you know, it's going to be all about leadership. It's all going to be about those in, in-game adjustments. And Sean Payton, um, you know, he could have also walked away as well. But now he's got a chance to really prove what he can do with a team um, that, you know, doesn't have their all-star quarterback. You know, they have a couple of really good guys who... Can probably make it happen, um, and it's going to be really interesting to watch how they really look as an offense in the early portion of this season. Now, looking at their key games on their schedule, I mean they have quite a bit of games that they could win on this schedule. But looking at they have the Packers at home, you know, got Atlanta, got Dallas, got Carolina, you know, obviously Carolina division right. We got Miami. Then away, they're at New England, they're at Seattle, they're at Tennessee, at Philly. You know, the Saints, with the roster that they do have, I mean, they could compete in all these games they have this year. You know, they could easily go, you know, 11-6. and six. Um, The whole thing, although, is that Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill, you know, whichever quarterback does get going, you know, a lot of these um, teams in, within their division and within the conference, I mean, right now, at this point, they all have the advantage because you can just kind of see the rosters that are in front of them in terms of you look at the Packers, look at the Rams, um, you know, You've got some other teams that are hoping to make it back, like Dallas is trying to make it back. You know, the Minnesota Vikings, Chicago Bears. There's a lot of competitive teams that could give the Saints some trouble this year. And I think that based on how they have been throughout the years, I think they are going to have a down year this time. This is the upcoming season. I think they're not going to be able to make it to the postseason. They won't be out of out of it. I could see the Saints winning 
about nine games. I can see the Saints winning nine games, going nine eight this year. I don't know if that'll be good, be good enough to get a wild card spot, but I can see them winning nine games this year if they can just find a way to get that. If that defense can take on the challenge and be be like you know very good, if they give this offense enough opportunities to score, you know, then they have a chance to win a lot of these games on their schedule. You know, obviously the home field advantage still is in their favor, so they could probably win some really good home games. On the road, I worry about Jameis Winston. I worry about Taysom Hill. I worry about the Saints' ability to put up points um, because they were so accustomed to putting up points with Drew Brees, like quickly and fast. And you know that isn't going to be the case anymore. So I can see them winning nine games this year, being somewhere in the conversation for a wild card spot. But ultimately, I think that they will fall short because. I think they're gonna find they're gonna find themselves in a lot of situations where quarterback play won't be as top notch as it has been in the previous years. I think that will be the reason why they miss out on the postseason and the 2021 NFL season. So in this next segment, I want to talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and their season outlook for the 2021 NFL season. Obviously, the Buccaneers are coming off a historical year in which they won the Super Bowl in their own stadium, which was really crazy and you know just something that was really surreal to watch how it all transpired. So the Buccaneers are coming off a Super Bowl season, looking to go back-to-back. Um, and they obviously have a lot going right in their direction in terms of their roster because pretty much they brought back everybody who, who helped be a part of that championship team last year. And so Brady, obviously, um, in his second year uh, as Bucks QB, obviously we know he is the GOAT, and he is not done yet. Um, so he's looking to do obviously more and you know on paper right now in terms of early favorites for the Super Bowl coming up they obviously are one of them and the question now is is who is going to step up and try to take them down either it would be within the conference whether it be in the AFC there's just a lot of teams that are look, looking to find a way to beat the Buccaneers and you know this group in itself obviously is well experienced having been through a postseason last year where a lot of guys stepped up especially that secondary under Todd Bowles did a tremendous job of being able to play lights out we know they have you know Barrett there and Devin White so this Bucks team is loaded on both sides of the ball and the whole question now is what are they going to do this year you know, obviously, Brady still um, has a lot that he wants to prove, as is any player in the NFL wants to prove. And I think particularly for Tom Brady this year, I think probably one of the games that he has circled on his calendar, no doubt, is going back to New England. You know, that is a game that will be really hyped up and talked about a lot. Um when you know September rolls around, October rolls around, that game will be talked about a lot. 
And I'm sure he's looking forward to that because of knowing how things kind of ended in New England. You know, obviously that one game he may be really looking to win and show up and, and do big time things. So look at this offense. I mean, they are going to still be explosive with, with Godwin, you know, and Scotty Miller, Antonio Brown. Biggest thing I think for the Tampa Buccaneers this year is health. I think if they can stay healthy, uh, they will position themselves again to be uh, at the top, top, top of the NFC. Now, they didn't win the division last year, if I remember correctly, because um, they were 11-5. and five, But they're, they're definitely going to win the division this year um, because they, in terms of what advantage they have, they have experience over everybody in the division. Their offense is really loaded. So I don't anticipate them losing a step anywhere in that. Only thing that can really derail them is just health. And that will be something to really watch out for. This defense, the pass rush, you know, started to come on really strong in the postseason. So the question is, can they keep it consistent enough? Can this defense still be elite um, as they were in this postseason and last year? That is the thing with this defense is that we've seen them have their moments where they look relatively really really well and then other times then they don't um, but with Todd Bowles they've improved so much to, to the point where you're expecting this defense to be still great at what they do and so that will be a focus this year is can this defense keep, keep, up, keep up the same energy and same kind of play throughout an entire 17 game season will be huge to watch out for in terms of their games at home I mean, they've got quite a bit of games at home that, you know, are going to be pretty easy for them to win. But they start with Dallas at home. You know, they got Buffalo coming there. They got Chicago coming there. Atlanta coming there. Um, so those are some games to kind of watch out for. Although Buffalo is the only one, you know, Buffalo and Dallas are the two games that may get them some trouble. Maybe potentially because of the rosters that they do have. In terms of the road games, as I mentioned, New England. You got the Los Angeles Rams, the Colts, at the Washington football team, you know, and those are most of the games. So, in terms of their record for this year, I'm going to say the Buccaneers go 13-4. and four. They're going to go 13-4, and four, and, you know, I'm trying to be as objective as possible. I could go a different route with their record, but... Just in terms of the roster they have and what they're facing this year in their division, um, I just don't see them losing a lot of games. They are going to probably lose their games on. To I think they're going to lose on the road more than they lose at home. I'll put I'll put it that way. I think they will find a way to kind of slip up on the road, maybe a couple of games. Um, but I just don't see the Buccaneers being like ordinary this year not that that they were not ordinary last year like they were they came on they obviously had their struggles last year but they came on big time and finished strong and I think that this particular year I think that knowing what they have and Brady obviously being his year two with Bruce Arians it's really going to be hard to bet against the Patriots sorry Patriots I'm saying (laughs) the Buccaneers it's going to be hard to bet against the Buccaneers I think they're just too talented to be beat. Um, not not saying that no team will not beat them twice this year. But I think that the Rams the Rams have a chance to 
to you know be a threat to them in the NFC. The Packers, they have Aaron Rodgers. I think Dallas is going to be in the mix. You know, I could see you know that it going that way. Maybe maybe there are some teams that will come up and rise up and surprise the Buccaneers. You know, but as of right now, like I look at the Rams, I look at the Packers. You know. Saints are kind of an uncertainty, as I mentioned, but they could be good as well. Uh, they could be in the conversation. But I just think that the best competition that can take down Tampa is in the AFC. And the teams that I am talking about, you know, Kansas City, Baltimore, you know, Buffalo, Tennessee potentially, although I'm not sure about that just yet. Um, so that's what I think. Buccaneers finished 13 and four, top seed in the NFC, um, and I think that they will be in a good position again to reach the NFC Championship game um, in the 2021 NFL season. So, you know, they could potentially surprise. Maybe go. They may have their rough stretches. You never know. With Bruce Arians, they may they may have that, obviously because a lot of teams are going to be more trying to go after them. So they're going to be they're going to get the best effort from a lot of teams this year. Um, the real question is is can they sustain that? You know, Bruce Arians finally got out that big thing off his thing now where he's won a championship now. So this team shouldn't fall for fall short of expectations. They should be a top team in the NFC this year. Um, and just in terms of their secondary and their defense, you know, within the division, you know, they kind of had their way last year. And who knows? Maybe this year they won't. Um, but it, it comes down to, you know, the best. Um, it, it, it comes down to the best way that. The, how these games will go and it is a longer season right it's a longer season and so Tom Brady who is obviously known for taking care of his body so well a 17 game year I mean if anybody remembers Tom Brady tweeted out something which he was not happy about more games and or I don't, I don't think he was saying about more games it was more about like the jersey number change and all that but a longer season for Tom Brady this offensive line that played pretty well last year. In year two now, the offensive line, some of the key pieces on the offensive line, you know, are you going to see them be able to handle some things better? You know, maybe there'll be more pressure kind of situations where that def- that offensive line may have to do a lot more. So there's a lot of moving pieces for the, for, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, but they definitely are going to be the favorites when the season begins and uh, I would not be surprised if they find themselves again close to another Super Bowl appearance uh, in the NFL 2021 season. So in this final segment of today's episode, I want to just talk a little bit about the NBA draft and some teams that are possibly looking to move up uh, to make, you know, to get the best player that they want um, coming up here at the end of the month. And so the Detroit Pistons are looking into 
possibly trading the number one pick. And, you know, the whole thing about the number one pick in the NBA draft is that there's a lot of years where teams are able to land the, the, the person, the guy that they want to land, right? Um, and that player takes their team's fortunes and turns it around big time, like LeBron James did for Cleveland. Um, you know, there's been others throughout history that have done it. You know, some obviously haven't been able to do it because of certain circumstances of how they, the teams that they join. But, you know, it's all about number one pick uh, sometimes. And, you know, they get the most attention. The player who's like number one, can they, you know, can they do it all? DeAndre Aiden was number one pick, I think, for the Phoenix Suns when he was drafted. So, you know, there's just a lot of things that come and, come and go. And I think that as it stands right now, the Detroit Pistons have a lot of options at their table because, one, they're coming off a pretty disappointing year and they aren't just, you know, two or three pieces away from contending again. They're, like, a lot pieces away from, from, from contending again in the Eastern Conference. And so if they can trade down and get some good draft picks and assets, I will take it. Definitely take it. And the teams that are probably interested in moving up, according to this report, you know, Houston, Cleveland, Oklahoma City, New Orleans. Um, in terms of all these teams, I think the two teams that shouldn't go after number one pick, in my view, one, I think the New Orleans Pelicans to start off with. The Pelicans don't have a coach yet. They don't have a head coach yet, and you have Zion Williamson, you have Brandon Ingram, you got Josh Hart, uh, you got some good pieces there in New Orleans. You got Lonzo Ball, who may resign. The Pelicans just need a new coach, and a coach that can bring out the best of Ingram and Zion. And so, for the Pelicans who are looking to move up potentially, I don't know if it's worth it for them right now to move up. They could actually hold on to those assets. And maybe try to make a trade for somebody else who can help them win right now. The Pelicans, if they're expecting to trade up and find a player in year one to help them like be a playoff team, that won't happen. It won't happen right away. They may have some good players. They may have some good players uh, that, they, they, that they could get when they, if they trade up in the draft. But there's no guarantee. There's no guarantee in anything that those, those players in year one will be good enough to make them... A instant playoff contender it's gonna start with having a coach having guys who will actually be able to buy into this new coaching style and be able to lead the group so for me the Pelicans still need to find a way to develop a good culture a good identity as a team before they can bring in you know any star player or be able to draft a player that they want to draft they got to find a way to first improve from within to make it better and then the second team that I think that shouldn't make a move for number for the number one pick, you know, I think Oklahoma City needs to hold on to their picks. They have almost 18 plus picks over the next three to four or five years. Oklahoma City doesn't doesn't need to rush at all. Sure, they can trade up and get a top player that they they, they identify, but they were able to play okay to the point last year where they. They identify some guys who could be part of their future. If their goal is to get back to being a contender for an NBA title, they got to save those draft picks and we wait for the right opportunity uh, to get a player or two that can elevate their team. I don't know if they can 
stick with drafting players high and then being able to build a team that way. I mean, it may work and it could possibly do great. I mean, you know, it, it could happen. It could very well happen. But in terms of moving up to the number one overall pick, where you already have like three first round picks, uh, I mean, <laughs> you know, how many picks do you want, to be honest, in the first round? So I think Oklahoma City's got to hold off, try to build their roster, whatever they have right now this year, and then make, make use of those picks you know, later on. Sam Presti has plenty of time to build a winning team. I wouldn't jump and trade like a whole lot of picks for the number one overall pick. Uh, I don't think it's something that they, they should do because I think that it's not going to help them in the long run. I think they need to just hold on to their picks, wait for the right time to get a star or two in Oklahoma City, and then they can find a way to be much better once they have those stars there, a part of the team overall. The two teams that definitely have to make a move for the number one overall pick if it's available is Cleveland and Houston. Look, for Cleveland, they've been stuck in the same pattern for a long time. You know, they just haven't had any kind of consistency at any position. You know, they've had their injuries. You've seen Colin Sexton, Darius McGarland play well at times. But but the Cleveland Cavaliers need somebody to re-energize their franchise. A player that can people want to come and, and watch in, in Cleveland. They haven't had that since LeBron James. They haven't had that since Anthony Bennett for all things. They haven't, they haven't done well in terms of top picks. So, I mean, Kyrie Irving is, the, uh, Kyrie Irving is probably the lone exception. He and LeBron James and Kyrie Irving are probably the lone exceptions where, you know, they were solid number one draft picks. But since then, they haven't had much success in getting top-notch players. And so, they need somebody else. They need somebody else. You know, they can get a Kate Cunningham. That would be great for the Cleveland Cavaliers. It would do wonders for their franchise. They could trade some of the players they have. Trade Kevin Love, possibly. But the Cleveland Cavaliers need a surefire Star and if they can get to the number one overall spot, I think they can get that kind of player. So they got to definitely make a move at number one if it's available. Give up who, who you have to give up, but make it happen because they've just been so bad recently. So much change on their roster, coaching-wise, roster-wise. Identify number one guy, go get that guy, and build your team that way. So I think if they should definitely try to make the Pistons an offer that they can't refuse and get number one overall pick. And the same thing goes with the Houston Rockets. The Rockets obviously had a really rough stretch last year. All that James Harden drama that they went through, what Steven Silas went through. The Rockets were dealt a tough hand. Like They could not do anything right last year. They couldn't score as well. Their defense was awful. James Harden whole situation was really rough on everybody in Houston and so now they definitely need a top-notch guy they need somebody that could could energize the franchise way that James Harden did when they got him in free agency Houston's got to be able to hit on the number one pick now they now they they're right behind you know they're I think they're number two in the draft order but if they think that Cade Cunningham or Evan Mobley or Garza is someone they want to go get, then they have to make it happen. 
they need a sure thing at point guard. And I don't think they have that right now on their roster. They don't have that. So Cade Cunningham, if he is the best prospect available, Houston cannot miss on him. And that's why I think that with their assets that they have from the James Harden trade, they should use that and go get their point guard of the future and start to build a team that can be respectable enough again in the Western Conference. Because we know that they can do it. You got, you got to give Steel and Silas something to work with there in Houston. And I think that trading up to the number one spot just, you know, would be a good way to do that. It would obviously energize the franchise a little bit where they can, like, say, okay, our team is going for the best player possible in the draft at number one. And they can definitely hit on it and then make it happen. So let's see if they do that because Houston and Cleveland, like, these two teams definitely more than Detroit, they may need like a top-notch player number one and they may benefit uh, from doing so if they make that trade.